Hi friends, welcome back to the Jessica Hisman podcast. Today we are talking about the hot topic of toy clutter. Um, I know that everyone was just waiting as a cleaning and organizing influencer for my house to be just overwhelmed with kids stuff and just destroyed. And I knew in my organized heart that that just wasn't going to happen. I knew that I wanted to have a clutter-free home, even with a child. And I kind of outlined some of the things that I've done to make sure that the toys do not become overwhelming in our house. So I'm going to share that with you so that you can pull and apply whatever works. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to agree with everything I say, but pull what works for you and for your family out so that you can kind of get closer to that clutter-free home. So starting off, whether you're planning your registry or you're, you know, a new parent trying to figure out what kind of toys you want in your house, or maybe you have a child and you're like, I feel overwhelmed. I don't know what's going on. Let's start at the basics. I want you to take a second, and this is what we did, to think about the type of toys that you want in your home. What do you want? How do you want the environment to feel, whether it's the playroom or your living room? What do you want? What is your goal with that? And talk to your partner, kind of get on the same page as them, possibly even talk to your kids if they're old enough to be a part of this process and just really figure out what your goals are in the first place um, before you're buying, before you're organizing, before you're trying to handle this, figure out what you're going for. Um, This can also apply to if you do have a strong um, idea of what you want, You can start, like when you're pregnant, start talking to your mother-in-law and be like, I'm just really excited for like all of the things that we can do, the passes that we can get and go to the zoo and the museums and stuff like that and kind of plant those ideas in their brain so they can start to think of ways to not add to the clutter that comes with a kid. Um, Or even just talk about the types of toys you like or you saw your friend got this uh, gorgeous, you know... I don't know, love every subscription (laughs) and you really liked that and I loved how minimal it was and the type of toys it was and start start talking to your family about that because the more they hear about it, the more accepting they're going to be when you when it comes time to give a gift. But we're going to talk about gifts even even further later on. But that number one, just having a plan, having a desire, having an end goal is really helpful because my goals are not going to be the same as yours. Moving on to number two, um, it really goes with this of being intentional with the types of toys you're bringing in. If you are the type of person that just, you're like, you see something on TikTok and you buy it, you see something on Amazon, you buy it, your friend suggests a toy and you buy it, that's how you're going to start to get that overwhelming amount of toys and clutter in your home because you're not being intentional with the types of toys you're bringing in. And that is a little harsh, I apologize, but you truly do want to make sure um, that you're choosing toys that are going to support the development of your kid or, you know, offer something different and new and is not just a toy that's going to be picked up, played with for two seconds and thrown away. And I think of like Easter baskets, Easter's coming up. And I think of Easter baskets or Valentine's Day baskets and all this crud that gets, gets thrown in them. And they play with it for two seconds and then it's garbage. And I would much rather invest in good quality intentional toys that I know my child's going to play with for an extended period of time. And now along with being intentional with the toys, this might be a time where you want to consider the quality of your toys as well. Now 
in our home, we have a, a Love Every subscription. Love Every is an incredible service. Um, I do have a discount code that I'll link at the bottom of this podcast so that you guys can use it if you if you choose. Obviously, there are tons of Montessori-inspired toys out there. There's other subscription services. I really like Love Every because they did the hard work of finding those toys that align with my values that are free of chemicals and heavy metals and flame retardants and made with good quality wood, beautiful neutral colors, and are designed to match my daughter's capabilities at specific ages, at specific milestones. So they did all the hard work for me, which is what was like such a relief. But if I ever do buy something else outside of that subscription, I try to make sure that I am following the like intentions that I have and the things that I want to bring into my home. For example, I don't like plastic light up toys. Um, I think of, I always think of this like basketball hoop. Um, well, yeah, it's like a soccer net with a basketball hoop on it. And when the baby puts the ball through it, it lights up and has like these big alarms and like all these flashing lights and you can click these buttons and it makes sounds and like kids love it, right? Like you go to Toys R Us, your kid is going to be all about it because it is so overstimulating and they don't have to do anything. They just, you know, push buttons and all this, all this stuff happens. And they're like, this is amazing. And then I think of the approach that I like to take, which is a more intentional, um, natural approach where we just have a basketball hoop in our house and Adeline puts the ball in the hoop and wow, you made the ball in the hoop. That was the goal. And the reward is that play itself. The reward is that she put the ball in the hoop and she gets the satisfaction of that. And she's using her motor skills to be able to do that. She's getting that natural reward. And there's not all these crazy other things that happen to overstimulate her. Now, this, this has so far been very much about the types of toys that you bring in your home because I truly do believe it is important to consider these things. And some people never even think of like the chemicals that are in plastic toys or the overstimulation that a toy can offer. But whatever, whatever system you choose and whatever type of toys you bring into your home, you're going to need to figure out some type of system. And now... W- some people have a toy room and it looks like a bomb went off and they just keep everything in that toy room and that's fine. Um, my hesitation with having that many toys available is it is really overwhelming. And whether you, it, it's you as a parent who has to go in there and clean up or have your kids clean up or your kid goes in there and tries to play, they're going to feel overwhelmed. There's so many different options there's so much to do. They're going to walk in there and they're going to be like, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. I am I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And they might end up not playing with any toys. And because of this, I like the approach of having a rotation system. So there's a certain number of toys available and they can play with those. They can interact with those toys. Um, the number, I, I don't think there's a magic number, but we have about like between five to 10 toys out for Adeline on a toy shelf for her to be able to play with. And she will walk up and play with a toy um, and not feel super overwhelmed that there's 900 choices because we do have a lot of toys. We've been getting toys through the Love Every subscription. We got toys for her birthday and Christmas. So we do have a lot of options, but we just don't have them all out at once. 
So what that looks like is it's actually our little playroom, which is next to our living room. We have a toy shelf. It's a beautiful wooden shelf that I got off of Amazon. And I have the toys displayed. I have any toy that needs to be contained in a basket. Um, and it's just very easy for her to go to the shelf, grab the toy that she wants and play with it. We even ha- have gone so far to have a mat so she can lay down her mat. This is where she plays with it. She goes, gets her toy, brings it back to the mat and is able to play on her mat with the toy without having an endless amount of overwhelming options. Now with this system, we have 10 toys out. We have a hundred different toys in our house, but those 90 other ones are put away in a storage system. And the storage system can be as intricate as you would like. Um, You can have them specific toy rotations. So maybe you have 10 toys in each box and you rotate each week or each every couple of weeks. Um, For us, we have two big boxes um, because that's just how much toys we have. We have them filled with other options or other toys. And when she starts, when I notice as a mom that she's no longer really interacting with the toys, kind of getting bored of what is available to her, I will take those, put them in the boxes that are in the basement storage, and I'm going to take out 10 new toys. Even these 10 toys that I take out, I'm going to be very intentional with. I'm going to try to offer ones that encourage language, and I'm going to put some gross motor um, toys available out there like her bike or her pusher pusher (laughs) push walker Um, I'm gonna put out stacking cups and blocks and maybe you know a doll and just have a big variety that offers a combination of fine motor and gross motor and language and all of the different ways that um, things that I want to incorporate into her play and into her education because her education is truly play. That's how she's learning is through these toys. So I try to be intentional with what I'm taking out, what I'm including on the toy shelf, and then I just take the toys that she no longer plays with and put them in those boxes. Now, a big question that I get is, um, what do you do with outgrown toys? Like, when do you retire them? And So far, Adeline is 14 months. She has not retired very many toys. I think we put like these squishy rattle, black and white rattles away. Um, Maybe our play mat that she used to lay on, um, we put that away. But for the most part, all of her toys are still in rotation because we've figured out new ways to use them. Um, She's no longer... Uh, let's here's a great example we have like this spinner and it rattles but it also has colors on it so before the big task for her when she was about six months old was to learn to spin it right like I am not doing a good job of explaining it but the task was to spin it now we bring that task out and we talk about colors we make the sounds we um help like point to the colors as she rotates it so it's being used in a new way and it might not last forever I mean as she gets older it's eventually going to get retired but we do try to bring those old toys and figure out new ways to use them so that because there are the toys have so much potential especially when they are made intentionally like Love Every or any other Montessori inspired um, educational toy. The ones that do, that she does grow out of, um, we do have a storage system for, and it is just a big old block, big, bleh, <laughs> big old black box labeled outgrown toys. Um, and we have, we do keep them because we're planning on 
further expanding our family and I want those toys later on. So we do keep them and we will reintroduce them um, to our new little one when we have a new little one. So we do have a storage system for toys that she's currently using, outgrown toys, and we even have a um, toy box for future toys. And this is because we got a lot of hand-me-downs um, and sometimes even gifts. Like for her first birthday, I registered her for a lot of gifts that were kind of far off, um, some puzzles that she's not, not, not ready to do yet. I don't know why I got a British accent right there. But we wanted them because she's really not going to get gifts for a full year. Her birthday is right next to Christmas, so she's not really getting gifts throughout the year. So I was like, okay, we'll add some gifts that she'll grow into because, uh, you know, a 12-month-old doesn't need all those new gifts right there at 12 months old. So we have gifts that she'll grow into, but she's not ready for yet. And we keep those in those this box labeled future toys. So that is our intricate storage system. It's very simple. The black boxes are literally from like Home Depot or Menards. They're these big black boxes. Um, the whole key is that we have a place for them. So it's not just getting forgotten about or, um, you know, or overwhelmed in the toy room. We're able to put them out of sight so that she can focus on playing with the toys that are in rotation. Whew, that was a, that was a mouthful. Um, so, one last thing um, that we, well, I guess this is in the big scheme of um, toy clutter. One of the things that was really important to me is teaching Adeline at a very young age to take care of her space. So while I can plan and I can decide what types of toys I'm bringing in and making sure that I'm bringing toys free of toxins in our home and setting up a storage system and a toy rotation, I also have to put in the immense amount of effort to teach her how to take care of her space. And from from whenever she started moving around and playing with toys, maybe like five, four or five months, to 12 months old, this was a joke. <laughs> this was like so hard to do because Adeline's way of playing was walking to the toy shelf, grabbing everything on the shelf and just pulling it onto the ground. And I was like, uh, constantly, me and my husband were constantly showing her, okay, we're going to pick up the toys and put them away. But she did not want to be a part of that process. But we continued to model that for her. We modeled that in other areas of our life too. We, we kept our spaces tidy and she saw that. Um, and I fully, fully believe that because of us modeling and because of us encouraging her, she eventually started to become interested in it. And I think around maybe seven or eight months old was the first time she started to be like, okay, I want to put the blocks back in the container, which is a total normal development like that. You know, that's just a fun game in itself, putting things into containers for kids. So capitalize on it, capitalize on that and use that to encourage them to clean up after themselves. Eventually between like eight and now 14 months, we have started to go even further of, like I said, we have a mat where she plays on her mat. She brings her toy to her mat. She plays. When she's done, we bring it back to the toy shelf. Now, it's not perfect every time. There are definitely toys that get left out. She gets distracted. She's a child. But we as a parents are really intentional about encouraging her to bring it back to the shelf, to pick up her mess, um, and to keep her space tidy because even though she's 14 months and she's not making a huge mess anymore um, or yet, <laughs> she truly is learning these skills that will 
make it easier when she is running around wanting to throw everything all over the world, we'll be able to, you know, capitalize on those habits and those um, routines that we already have in place and help her clean up so that she is keeping her her space nice and tidy. Um, This is also a little further down the line. Um, Going back to my nannying days, I was a huge advocate for um, donating toys that the kids don't use. And so by nanny days, I mean, I was a nanny for seven years, super involved in these kids' lives, um, taught them tons of cleaning and organizing tips. They were very tidy children. And um, one of the things that I included them in was the donation process. Now, Adeline is 14 months old. She's a little too young. And like I said, we're really not in the in the stage of donating quite yet. Um, and on top of it, we're saving a lot of the toys because I'm so intentional about um, bringing toys into the house. We're not like ready to get rid of them. We're going to save them for the next baby. But that being said, I want Adeline to be as involved in that process as possible. So when I do retire a toy and put it in the box, I want to talk to her about the process. I want to say, hey, this is a toy that we no longer play with. We're going to put this away and save it for our baby. Or we're going to save this for another baby that is going to use it more than you do. And including her in that process at such a young age is going to help down the line as she gets older and older because kids are growing out of things. Kids are going to get a lot of crud in their life, a lot of stuff that they don't want in their house and go through like those Valentine's Day baskets and all of that fun stuff that kids get. And their clothes and things like that, they are going to have to learn the process of getting rid of things and retiring things and donating things. Um, And in the same aspect, I want them to want to give away their stuff. I want them to be giving and give to charity and all of that good stuff so that that process can start as young as a year, as young, like as young as they are always walking them through that process is going to help that big cycle of toy clutter, whether what you're bringing into your house and how you're getting rid of it. It's like this big circle of clutter and keeping that clutter out is how you're going to keep your, keep your space tidy. Um, before I dip out, um, <laughs> I did want to answer some little bonus questions. These are questions that I get all of the time. Um, and one is how to handle other people giving you products, right? Like you can choose to do very intentional products, but how do you handle family and friends who want to buy things for your child? And this is not the right way, but this is what we do. Um, for Adeline's first birthday, which was the main event um, that brought in toys, we registered. Um, we registered on Amazon. You can see my registry. I actually have her gift list. It's a first birthday gift list on Amazon. You can see everything that we registered for. And we encouraged people to use that registry by sending invitations and putting on there, we are registered for gifts here on Amazon. Um, And most everybody did get things from Amazon. Um, That being said, there are some hiccups. There's people who are, you know, anti-registry or people who are like, nah, I got a better gift idea. And if you know ahead of time that that like a specific person, um, maybe it's your mom or your mother-in-law or your sister who's like, oh, well, I want to get this for them. Um, my biggest tip is being brutally upfront. And it's really hard as adults, I, at least for me, it's really hard to communicate what you want um, and to be really upfront about it. Um, but I feel like that's the best option and doing it in a positive way. And whether that be I'm trying to think of a good example. Like if you're sitting down with your mom 
and she's like, oh, I want to get this for your daughter. Um, you could say, you know, we are trying to be really intentional about the toys that we're bringing into our house. And I did a lot of research on what's going to really help her developmentally at this age. And I found some really awesome toys. We're dying to get this um, puzzle from Amazon. I would much rather you put in your like your money to give her this puzzle that I know she's going to get so much use out of. So like something in, in that way, um, if you have a trickier situation or you don't feel as if you can be that upfront, having a conversation in third person is really helpful. Um, maybe talking about when you're talking to your mom, oh, my friend just got uh, this gift for her daughter and it was so gorgeous. I, I hope that somebody gets this for, for my daughter for her birthday um, and kind of giving a specific example of a gift. Maybe that is a good way to go about it. Um, but in the worst case scenario, if somebody gets you something and you did your duty of requesting that they buy off of your registry, you told them the types of toys that you want in your home, you told them how intentional you're going to be, and they still get you something, you can ask for a receipt to return it and you can donate it or you can return it yourself. You do not have to keep those things in your home. And I know it's so easy to feel really guilty about that. Um, like your mom put in all this work to get something for you or your mother-in-law gave you something and you're like, I know she really wants to see my daughter in this, but you don't have to keep it. You can, you can take a picture of them in the outfit, send it to them and then get rid of the outfit. Um, you could do other options, but you also don't have to, you do not by any means have to put your child in an outfit that you don't like or keep toys in your house that don't align with your your parenting philosophy you do not have to um and you shouldn't feel bad about it I feel like as parents we we put so much effort into doing the best things for our kids and we get to make those decisions as parents so um yeah I don't I really truly feel very very I as an adult if someone gives me something that I don't want I get rid of it and I don't keep it because why am I going to keep something that I'm never going to wear what good is that going to do the 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 gift was the gift that gift giver got the joy in giving me the gift and I was obviously I'm not going to be like oh this sucks this is a terrible gift but I'm going to graciously accept the gift and that exchange is done that the gift giving experience is checked off the list. Everybody got what they were supposed to get out of that experience. And now it's my product. It's my piece of clothing or it's my toy and I get to decide what to do with it. And as a parent, I get to decide what to do with it. If your kids are a little older, maybe they want to keep it. Um, and this could be something that you have a conversation with your kids about like, Hey, this, we usually don't have this type of toy in our house because of this reason. Um, but if it's something that you really would like to keep, we absolutely can, but explaining it to them, um, yeah, I, like I said, I can only speak on my experiences because I'm not like a parenting expert. So, um, I got a 14 month old and this is what we're doing, but this is, this is like the basis. This is how we keep the stuff out of our house. This is how we keep things obtainable and I walk into my toy room. It's my favorite room in the house. I don't feel overwhelmed 
whatsoever. I love it. Um, it's, it, it is my favorite room in the house. So this is how we do it. And this is how we will continue to do it. Whether she is 14 months old or seven years old, we are going to keep this entire process, this entire circle coming around um, so that we are bringing intentional toys in and we are doing the whole process, using them, loving them, donating them or saving them. Whatever the process is, we're keeping um, this cycle going to keep the clutter out of the house. The Jessica Hazeman podcast. I have so many resources available for you. So check out my website at jessicahazeman.com and follow me on Instagram, TikTok. Just be a part of my community because I love interacting with you guys. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, send it to a friend, share it on social media, tag me. Let me know that you listened to it. Shoot me a message. Let me know if it was helpful. Um, And I will see you guys next week.